This is the Tech Talk for Accountants show with your host, Andrew Lassis, where every week we have a new guest to discuss the latest technology, apps, tips, and tricks to help you improve your accounting firm. This episode is brought to you by Tech for Accountants, an IT firm that specializes in cybersecurity for the small accounting firm. Many of our clients used to work at big firms that had all this crazy security and then went to work for themselves, and while they knew it was important to have great IT security, they just have too many other things to worry about and don't have enough time to actually learn this stuff. What we do is help bridge the gap so that even small accounting firms have great security at a fraction of the cost of doing it themselves, and it's all done for you. We offer listeners to the show a complimentary IT audit and consultation. Just go to tech4accountants.net slash podcast. And you can book a free IT audit. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast. And welcome, everyone. Another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassies with Tech for Accountants, IT specializing in the accounting industry. With us today, David C. Slack, RKL eSolutions. And we're going to hit on today. Basically, it, it'll probably start off, this will probably be one of the nerdier episodes digging into the weeds of it so if, if you were looking strictly on the number crunching this may not be it although as we all know this will start off in one spot tailwind off to the other spot jokingly before the show even started i warned him of that said we'll end up talking about marathons turns out it's what <laughs> something we have in common so david inspector gadget is your nickname. And so I want to start with where did that nickname come from? So I, uh, years and years ago, I loved, uh, I've always been passionate about technology and, you know, leveraging it to, to work smarter, better. And so I would often be asked to just kind of get up and, and do a short presentation on the latest, you know, uh, you know, kind of what, what's, what's coming next type of thing. And, you know, found that more and more, you know, I was talking about or was, you know, looking at, you know, even just fun little gadgets or fun, you know, technology that, you know, might sit at the periphery of, of you know, a business application or business need. And, uh, you know, and so technology update is what, you know, kind of I was always asked to do and, and again, really enjoyed that. And then one Christmas party, uh, I was attending. It was a white elephant, and uh, in in our group, somebody uh, had gotten from one of the movie studios, um, you know, some Inspector Gadget uh, type, uh, you know, merch, uh, some some paraphernalia from the movie, uh, and uh, that was a gift that landed on my lap. So now I have a trench coat, and I'm going, hmm, this is interesting. And then I thought, you know, Inspector Gadget, that's 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 pretty cool. And so I went out, got myself a fedora, and then showed up in costume to do a presentation of my tech update. And I just called it Inspector Gadget, and it's been that way ever since. It's awesome how that plays out. When mm-hmm. when when we had started uh, before it was Tech for Accountants, and when it was Rush Tech Support, which I guess it still technically is. We have customers that just won't leave because we're so great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I was, I was starting with uh, my buddy, Eric and, and we were like, we should, everybody can get their own title and it can't be a formal, boring, you know, it's gotta be something unique da, 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 Right. So I forget what mine was at the time. His was Dele- developmental orchestrator, just an amorphous doesn't mean anything. 
but mm-hmm. I noticed I was like, oh, so it's like Dorchestrator. And so we parted ways. And then I changed my title. This is coming up on nine years ago. And I changed my title to Chief Dorchestrator. And it's a very hit and miss. It's polarizing. Some people are like, hey, is that right? I love that. That's so cool. That's so funny. And if, if you put it in Google with quotes, I'm the only one, or at least last time I checked, it was probably mm-hmm. a couple of years ago since I checked, but at some point I was the only one, but the origin was stealing it off Eric's developmental orchestrator, changing it to Darkestrator. And I had one lady once, she was a referral and um, she shows up to the appointment and she's like, she's like, look, I'm really just showing up to this appointment as, as a courtesy to our mutual friend, but I have zero intention of doing business with you because of your title. And, and I was like, I mean, that's, that's fair enough. She's like, do you know what a dork is? I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like an awkward, like, you know, nerdy kind of person. That's, that's why she's like, no dork means a whale's penis. I was like, you're a dork for knowing that I Googled it and she is right. Oh no. Oh (laughs) my. She's correct that that is another definition for it. You would think in the IT realm, like, people would figure out which uh which one i was referring to but anecdotally it always makes for a funny story that she's a dork for knowing <laughs> that's a that's a new one for me and i will now be much more mindful slash careful anytime i use that word yeah yeah i didn't i didn't know that it was i thought she was crazy looked into it she's not wrong she's crazy but, but not wrong. wrong. <laughs> so, so you have a passion for figuring out, taking problems, solving them using technology. And what are some of the things that you've seen? Some of some of the, I guess, use cases for where someone would work hand in hand with you. What are some of the problems that they're facing that you help solve? Well, and so, you know, and interestingly enough, I'll talk about titles here for a second. Uh, you know, my title uh, within my organization is Chief Cloud Officer. Same idea. It's like, who has that title? And so you introduce yourself, you share that title, and they go, oh, I love that. It's just like, well, that really kind of sums up how I spend my day. Uh, and really, you know, years ago, it was all about legacy, in-house infrastructure, you know, based, you know, IT server rooms you know, very heavy, you know, IT footprint internally. And, you know, 10 years ago, when the whole cloud thing was just really starting to, you know, come into its own, I said, you know what, I want to be a part of that, you know, kind of, uh, I want to be, you know, carrying the flag, helping organizations really kind of uh, assess and migrate, you know, uh, process to the cloud. And so that's been not only a lot of fun, but it's gotten better and better and better. So I really, uh, like I said, just talking about titles, that's that's where that comes from, is really just, uh, you know, saying, look, you know, part of that smarter, better mentality that I really bring, you know, every day uh, to, to what I do, I'm looking at it and saying, what are the business processes you're doing today? Uh, you know, is there something that would, we could do in a better way, you know, through the application of technology? And, you know, 99 times out of 100, it's something cloud-based today. And so I look at all of that and say, you know, that's, that's you know, what puts my feet on the floor every morning. That's what gets me excited. You know, you talk about getting nerdy. Uh, it's just really all about, you know, process improvement. And so it's looking at a process, you know, uh, 
you know, is it, is it broken? How's it impacting the business? Um, how could we, you know, apply technology to come about it in a smarter fashion? And that literally is, you know, kind of so much of what my day is about. And if it's an ERP solution, if it's an add-on, if it's, you know, a discrete business process or, you know, wall-to-wall an entire, you know, uh, you know, replacement of what they do and how they do it. That's, you know, I, I tend to be the, the, the person in the room trying to, you know, uh, synthesize all the pieces and architect a, a way forward. It's great how the, the cloud solutions have evolved over the mm-hmm. years. Cause I would, I would point to 10 years ago. Well, I mean, so the company is about to be nine years old and I mean, I always had had a passion for the it world and I was working at a couple startups in the MSP space before going off on my own and starting what's now tech for accountants. And at the time, you know, you're talking about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. cloud was, it, it was like a pipe dream. It was like, wouldn't mm-hmm. this be cool if you could do this? And mm-hmm. then it was like, well, I mean, technically, if you went down this road and was AWS the first mover, or at least the big first, I, I get that in Azure mixed up with. I th- it was, think AWS it, was the first one, right? AWS, yeah. And that was like 2000. Well, I, it was earlier, but I think like 15, 16 is when it started getting kind of the the attraction that people were at least hearing AWS. And surprisingly, you know, everybody knows Amazon for, oh, I can I can get some sneakers for, you know, a regular price off Amazon, mm-hmm. pop in the app. And gosh, I mean, we get boxes. My my father in law he says give us this day our daily Amazon, <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> and it's cha- it's changed how we approach the holidays. That's for sure. I mean, the oh yeah, remember things used to sell out. Yeah, now, yeah. Now you, and or then you get frustrated because you couldn't find it in your size and going, why would I be frustrated? I just go online and put in my size, and, and then it shows up at the door. Yeah, but I don't understand yeah. what you're struggling with here. Right. So I think a lot of people don't realize that I think. I think the retail side of Amazon brings in something like 10% of its profit. And then AWS in its own is like 60% of their profit. Oh, it's massive. Which, I mean, it makes sense. It's like, hey, I got some really big computers. You want to share it? Pay me. Yeah. No, because if you think about it, you know, they were setting up all that infrastructure anyways to support you know, the, the business of the business. And they're saying, I know we could set this up as a parallel business. And, you know, uh, help other organizations, you know, um, do things in the cloud. But yeah, that, I would tell you everything. I mean, everything we're doing today uh, is cloud. I, you know, anytime, you know, we're, we're having conversations with somebody who said, well, we could put that on an internal server. I'm going, oh, good grief. Let's, I, I, I'm going to need to push pause on that. Yeah. So I know I have my built-in script on why I push people for cloud-based versus on-prem. So I'm curious, what's what's your response when they say, well, we could drop a couple thousand dollars, get a new on-prem server, replace the one that we have, and mm-hmm. that conversation. Yours is probably a little different, but I imagine still kind of in the same vein of we're hosting the software here and we've always done it this way. So we buy a new one and continue to always do it this way. So what's what's your response when someone says, we'll do it on-prem? Well, first of all, that that argument that this is the way we've always done it is 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 exactly the reason why you, you need to consider doing it, you know, a different way. 
you know, that's, uh, but, you know, to me, it's security is, you know, and I'm IT security certified through SAMS, you know, years ago, I looked at it and said, look, in an interconnected world, that's table stakes. We, we have to, we, we need to have a, a, a deep understanding of IT security, but security, you're going to be, you know, far more secure in a cloud-based application than you ever would hosting that, you know, internally and dealing with that internally, uh, but having access to the latest and greatest updates. And if you think about today, you know, what's one of the biggest trends in technology? It's artificial intelligence. You're not going to have access to artificial intelligence, you know, through your applications, except for via a cloud-based application. So I'm looking at it going, you know, when you talk about the latest technology and the fact that it's only going to be available, so it's anywhere, any any device, anytime, it's the latest, you know, it's, it's more secure. It's the latest version. I'm going, you know, stop me when these are things that, you know, are, are literally, you know, cost-effective or even feasible uh, on an in-house, uh, you know, on-prem solution. The answer is not anymore. And all the publishers know that they're not investing in their on-prem applications anymore. Uh, you know, I, one of the uh, in, examples I heard years ago is just because the cow's laying down doesn't mean I can't still milk it. And I'm going, yeah, but that's, yeah, it's at some point you need to move on and be using, you know, the right technology. The right technology is all cloud-based today. Yeah. I mean, you, you could make the argument for like investing in Sears on the way down, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know, the, the smartest thing in the long term. Like, okay, yeah, it's paying some dividends, but like, this is, this is definitely a sinking ship and it's not like fashion where it's going to make a comeback and just hold on to it. You know, all the all the vendors have recognized that the desktop applications, it's it's not mm-hmm. what it used to be. Cloud makes well, sense in a million different in and a million even hosted different ways. desktop, you know, and I years ago I, you know, I was uh, you know, folks would say, "Well, what about hosted desktop? That's cloud." And I'm going, "Okay, it's a stepstone. When I talk about cloud, it's, you know, it's SaaS multi-tenant and so just like you have a Gmail account or some web-based service that you're using, I look at that as the ideal operating model for, you know, all of our process. And again, anywhere, any device, anytime, you know, so now we're no longer dependent upon OS. We're no longer dependent on devices and screen sizes. It just, there's so much freedom that comes from that. Plus, like I said, someone else is managing the security. So I'm just logging on, connecting, doing what I need to do. And it brings... You know, now you have a whole different set of skills that we're looking to internal IT for. And that's, you know, end user device management, IT security, absolutely. Uh, managing, you know, your, your tech stack, totally different conversations we we're having even five years ago, let alone 10. And so uh, there's, it certainly doesn't diminish the need for an incredibly capable, you know, uh, support team, you know, internally, uh, but it just absolutely changes uh, you know, what we're taking responsibility for versus what we're subscribing to. And so when people start their journey with you, what are some of the problems that they're hitting their head against the wall? Some of like the frequently, my clients always say this, and here's the solution that we have. So it's uh, a lot of it's reporting. Uh, if you think about many organizations, it's, you know, what's the reporting tool? of choice, it's Excel or it's a spreadsheet. And so, uh, you know, you think about how much time, energy, effort is spent doing reporting each month, 
you know, that's a that's you know almost you know at the at, at the very top. AP automation, uh, really looking at you know employee expense management, uh, budgeting and forecasting. So you know, there's a number of you know uh, specific or discrete things that they're trying to solve for. You know, just knowing that it's far too painful and you know far too you know intensive. There has to be a smarter way. And I said, great, let's start with that thought because you're, you're absolutely going the right direction. So our approach is always, you know, um, you know what are those, those processes uh, that are, you know, kind of the most challenging? So, you know, what are your challenges? How's it impacting your business? Um, and then really kind of work with them together collaboratively and say, you know, in your mind's eye, what does the ideal solution look like? Just forget everything else. Just tell me what you think would be ideal. Uh, and then from there say, great, we've just framed out, you know, kind of what, you know, uh, you know an area of need is and, and, you know, what an outcome is that would be beneficial. Now let's look at the technology that will get us there. And putting that those pieces together, obviously you've been doing it for a while, so it all comes sort of second nature, but what does the implementation process look like? And I'm sure it's going to vary on company size and legacy software mm-hmm. and what they do have, what they don't have, what they're looking to accomplish, what they're comfortable with with keeping. But what does an implementation usually look like? We'll just blanket statement with the the, the asterisk next to it. <laughs> Your results may vary, but what in a nutshell are we looking at? Well, first off, you need to make sure that you've got, you know, the right people connected. Uh, the last thing you want to do is do this, you know, in the blind or, or without, you know, kind of buy-in. And so I always look at it and say, you know, right from the very outset, you know, are we talking to, you know, the, the folks who are going to be impacted, you know, are currently presently impacted today by the challenge and are going to be impacted by, you know, any kind of, you know, process change that we're proposing. So, and whether that's pulling everybody together for a pep rally or however you want to kind of go about describing that, but you need to make sure that you've got the right folks connected. Uh, From there, I would tell you just, you know, high level, anything that, you know, we're looking at, if we've we've done all of our homework correctly, shouldn't take more than 60 or 90 days to kind of get from, you know, uh, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the green flag to the checkered flag and saying, look, from, from start to, you know, hopefully, you know, hands on. And so that means we've got some work up front, but, you know, the actual, you know, kind of the implementation process should be something that you can execute in a 60, 90, most 120 days. And if you're taking longer than that, then chances are you either didn't do enough homework up front uh, or, you know, you're maybe even trying to solve for too much. Uh, so it's got to be something that's a, a reasonable, it, it's like, how do you eat an elephant? You do it one bite at a time. You certainly don't, you certainly can't do it in one piece. And so you got to, you know, say, are we, are, are we trying to, to do, you know, boil the ocean here? Or are we, are we really doing something that's feasible? And when you talk about the buy-in from people, I know with us a lot of times, and we've changed our security stack over the years from here's the security stack that we would use. It has all these great bells and whistles and yeah, it's not the most intuitive thing, but it is the best. And what we discovered Mm -hmm. was our clients, they were looking for, you know, when we talk about the, uh, we've always done it this way. So we don't want all the change in the bells and whistles. Like we have an issue and we do want a solution to that. And so we had to modify our tech stack to not only be 
what is going to give great security, but we also had to take into account the minimal impact on the day-to-day. And is that something that you're able to accomplish or is it something that just you're jumping from something that you've always done to this is a brand new solution, therefore, obviously there will be growing pains with anything you do change-wise, but is this, Mm -hmm. you had talked about getting buy-in from everybody so they could see at the end of the road, this is what this sort of pain is going to look like and will no longer Mm -hmm. exist, you know, kind of like having surgery. It's like, well, it's not fun to have, but at the end of it, you know, give it some time after the recovery, you'll be better. So what is, what does that look like change process wise adaptability and Mm -hmm. and things in that realm? And and great question. And I would tell you, that's absolutely part of the conversation. You you know, you know, I use the, the, the phrase pep rally, but it really is expectation setting. It's change management. And it's, you know, really kind of painting the vision for the end users. Like, look, this is where you're at today. Here's, you know, the expected future state. And we can talk all day about, you know, all the wonderful things that, you know, in the new environment we're going to be able to do that we can't do today, all the ways that it'll be better, uh, but it's definitely going to be different. So, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be, you know, some undoing of, you know, maybe, maybe you've got all your codes memorized, you know, this is the process, this is the way I've always done it. And and it's like, you know, so uh, again, here's where we are today. Here's where we're going. I think the thought process is it's linear upward to go from current state to future state. And you go, uh, no, that's actually not how this works. There's actually a down piece to this. And we call that the trough of disillusionment. And, you know, uh, and so really it's that state where you just go, oh, wow, have we hit, you know, have we hit rock bottom yet? Because, you know, you know, the folks are a little uh, frustrated. They're a little, uh, they're concerned. Is this, uh, you know, really going to turn out well? It's like, nope, this is all, we've done this enough times. And we, and, and so, you know, change is always, you know, by definition going to have some level of discomfort uh, because it's, it's not familiar. And so you're learning and it's going to be something new. Uh, but if, again, we've done our homework correctly, we're absolutely going to get to that better place, uh, but there's going to be a little bit of discomfort, you know, in, in the process. Yeah. We've, we have basically changed. I I'm curious if I went back in time and looked at like the 2015 offering 2014 offering versus where it's at today. And just thinking of the, oh man, remember we used to do this and we always would hit the wall against this issue and all the things that have that have happened over the years but like you had said at the end and then give it you know some time for them to become acclimated to it Mm -hmm. i'd be willing to bet most people aren't thinking this new way that we wanted that solves all of our problems let's undo everything and go back to the worst way you know, I mean, I'm during it, you know, they're like, oh, well, I don't know how to do this, that, like, I have to revert back to old habits, but other side of it, implementation's finished and they understand the fundamentals of it, how to get their day-to-day done. Well, let me, I mean, cause you, you touched on something and I, I want to make sure I give it its due here. You know, I, I think about from an IT security perspective, you know, over the years, I've always said that one of the things that's been most problematic is that end users think about convenience first and security is always some kind of, oh, that's right. I need to kind of be at least mindful of that. 
And I've always said that, you know, throughout, you know, it always has to be security first and convenience second. And that's something I've, I've, I've literally said for the last 20 years and, you know, thinking through and, uh, you know, so are the, 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 the systems that we're implementing, are they creating more complexity and specifically, are they more complex to log on to more complex to use because of security? So I'm looking at, you know, even cloud-based applications and saying it should be helping us solve for the security challenge as well. And so if it's single sign-on, if it's, you know, uh, multi-factor authentication, if it's eliminating the passwords with something like FIDO, um, you know, I'm looking at all of that and saying, you know, uh, we, you know, as, as long as we are moving toward, you know, continue to move toward more secure solutions, uh, and, you know, those are universally going to be available to us you know, um, in a better way, in a cloud-based offering than, than through on-prem, um, then again, it's, it's one more reason. But, you know, too often, you know, legacy solutions, you think about, you know, the emails that we get saying, oh, your, your email address and, you know, and password combination has been compromised via such and such leak. And you're just going, oh, brother. And, but we should all be on at least some level of, you know, password change, and, you know, and that should be, that's just part of the culture. That's the world we live in. And uh, we, we got to make certain that we're always thinking about security first, convenience second. And that is fundamental to any of the change conversations we're having. And anyone that's been through the process and experienced the data breach or the ransomware, or, mm-hmm. and I mean, for us on the, getting somebody to be a client side that has experienced that for them it's no longer a question of do we really need this it's more i have felt that pain and i never want to experience that ever again Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know kind of that like end of it's like oh i saw my life flash before my eyes and now i'm going to be healthy and you know (laughs) i'm i'm going to quit quit smoking and I'm going to exercise for seven hours every single day. Life is beautiful, you Mm -hmm. know, and having these, these realizations. And we had, we actually, we had taken over for a client and they had shared with us that they had been hit with ransomware maybe two, three years before (laughs) they had engaged with us. And I just assumed, and you know, it's it's dumb to assume anything in the IT world that like the provider that you're replacing like actually did anything at all, and and I'm not sure exactly what he did to like air quotes solve the problem, but as I was doing their onboarding and going through, I'm realizing there is there are like actively encrypted ransomware files on their on their system and i'm thinking i did something that caused this to happen like they are going to murder me because this happened again and then like as i'm digging in and i'm seeing the dates on it it's like this was years ago and actually the way their ransomware came in their old tech person he was downloading like um like wares and like hacked software oh geez okay. onto their server directly like he had his own folder you know it's like his name was john and it was like john's folder and i'm in there and it's like are you seriously downloading like cracks and key gens and 
Okay, oh, yeah, you, you could save them $30 or something, but you can also get hit with ransomware and yeah. it's illegal what you're doing. Like, did you ever consider that piece? Because we, oh, yeah, because we were migrating, <laughs> we were. We were changing the antivirus and, and all mm -hmm. these things. And that's what that's what it triggered it was the antivirus mm -hmm. said there is malware on the computer. I'm like, how? And it's like, oh, right, because he literally never did anything. I, I think I think he like threw on Norton and let it expire was was like the how how this happened. It's like, ah, but the people that you know have the thought process where security, it's inconvenient. Everybody gets full admin access and oh, yeah. it's just easier that way. And it's kind of like, it's like saying I leave my front door wide open all the time because it makes groceries so easy to not have to deal with opening that door. Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like, yes, you're, you're correct that it makes things easier for you, but you're also making things easier for yeah. everyone else. And until you've experienced it, people, I think heavily underestimate how oh, yeah. terrible it is but i can tell you being on the hey my life savings got wired out of my account in front of my eyes can you help me and it's like well how did they get there and it's like they said they were with microsoft and i mean we've we've just yeah. seen everything under the sun and it's not just a it happens in the movies or it only oh. happens to american airlines like think about how much security american airlines oh they'll never come after me it's like yeah <laughs> no actually they will absolutely come after you because you're a much softer target and you know high and i always used to say you know what um you know spam uh campaigns uh, you think about, you know, click throughs and, and, you know, a good marketing campaign will get you a one or 2% response rate. A good spam campaign could have upwards of 30% response rate. And so you're saying, uh, you know, in, in, in social engineering, it's one of the easiest ways. Uh, you don't have to be some tech genius uh, to come up with a social engineering scam. And, you know, uh, I'm from Microsoft, I'm from Amazon, you know, whatever it is and try to get them to disclose their credentials, try to get them to wire you gift cards. And, you know, and it each year, it's just a, you know, it's, 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 I always say security, uh, you know, is a, is a process, not an event. I mean, it's ongoing. It's, it's every single day. You got to think about security every single day. And from an end user awareness perspective, uh, you know, kind of the training, the familiarization, you know, kind of the top of mind work that you do has to be constant. It's not, you know, hey, every year we check the boxes and maybe we do a PCI DSS audit and, you know, yes, you know, file that paperwork and that's all great uh, to say that we've, you know, done a, you know, kind of a top to bottom or we've had some external pen testing done. Uh, but that's not the same as saying, look, the most dangerous person, I've always said the most dangerous person in the organization is the person who has one of these, you know, it's a mouse. And, you know, because what do they do? They click on things and, you know, something comes in, it's like, oh, that's interesting. And they click through and you're just going, do you realize what you've potentially just compromised? So, you know, what are we doing organizationally to make sure that we're, you know, educating, that we're protecting, that we're doing everything we can from a risk management perspective, but I'll keep coming back to cloud again. It's a great kind of air gap. Um, you know, so I don't worry about hackers getting into my servers. If my servers are essentially run by a third party, uh, you know, because they'd have to break into those servers 
those aren't my servers anymore. And I'm accessing my applications, my data through a browser. And by definition, they're not going to be able to pass through that browser session and infect, you know, uh, application servers. Yeah, but I side. keep my server in a locked closet. Well, and my front good- door is locked also. You're, you hug. would need two <laughs> keys or a brick and a foot in order yeah. to get to get where you need to be. And why would anyone do that? And I'm again, I keep coming back to it's so easy for the people that have experienced it to be like, this is super important and it can happen mm-hmm. to me. It can happen to anybody. And then we also do, we do get the people that are like, I know this is an important topic and this is important to me. And I want to be proactive, like on our side, mm-hmm. you know, it's not every day people just wake up. They're like, you know what? I need proactive managed IT services. You know, if they're switching providers, then, then it makes more sense. But there's not a ton of people that are coming in with the, I've never had this before. I've never had a data breach, at least as far as I know. <laughs> there's, well, and I'm, there's I look at that and I say that that, well. that audience has to be, you know, in single digits to none at this point, because I think everybody's had some kind of dust up, some kind of, of you know, if not, you know, catastrophic breach, something that, you know, that, that hopefully should have woken them up. And, and you think about even just the text that you get, you know, on your phone during the day, you know, oh, I, I saw that, you know, blah, 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 and just click here and, you know, we'll, t-, you know, and so what do they do? They, they look for the, the common denominators that we're all connected with, you know, years ago, it used to be PayPal emails that we all get, because that was, you know, that was, they thought that was a common denominator then. Now it's Amazon and, you know, I'm from, I'm from Amazon or I'm from Microsoft and we've noticed some, you know, some interesting, you know, activity on your machine. <laughs> from please, us. Yeah, please click, <laughs> please click through and it will help you, uh, will connect you with a support technician to fix that. And I'm going, no, that's not the way that works. And then the notification, it's like, you're going to receive a text notification and it says in the notification, we will never ask you for this code. It's like, could you read that code to me? My system's yeah. down. It's like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. And that's what I'm saying. Social engineering mm-hmm. is still the easiest way. Um, you know, it's certainly a low tech way. And it's amazing how many people are happy to keep keep the door open, you know, pass along a code like you just described, uh, you know, do you know, do things that you thought, you know, how can, how and why would you have thought that that was an okay? Well, because somebody just asked. It's like, okay, this is yeah. where the education comes in. Well, the, the uh, like the Nigerian prince scam, which still gets people, it still gets results from what I understand. The yeah, Nigerian yeah. prince of we need to wire you $22 million. And it's like, oh, boy, lucky like- day. My late great husband, the general, blah, blah, blah. And we understand you're a person of integrity. So would you please click through on this, provide your banking information so we can wire you millions of dollars. And I'm going, I just, I cringe to think how many people, you know, even paused on that, let alone followed through on that. But, you know, you think about the ones today, you know, you get these messages saying, you know, we, we were able to infiltrate or, you know, compromise your machine. We're able to turn your camera on. We see what you're doing, you know, in the privacy of your own home you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, so the scareware uh, that's out there, but it's all comes back to social engineering. Yeah. And from what I understand, they also will intentionally have typos and make it look as bogus as possible be under the, under the guise of 
if someone is stupid enough to actually fall for this, then mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't have the resources or know-how to piece together before it's too late. So that's mm-hmm. partly why they use poor grammar and spelling errors, because for the people that would have the wherewithal to avoid it in the first place, it's pushing them away. It's we want someone that is so clueless <laughs> that they can't identify all of these red flags because their efforts on remediation are going to be way, way, way lower than someone who is well-educated that happened to fall for a mm-hmm. trap. And I, I feel like we could go down this rabbit hole kind of forever. I'd, I'd say in the history, this is maybe episode 250, something like that. I'd say we stayed on topic pretty close with, <laughs> with cloud security and migrations to the cloud. So I, I have to, to tip my metaphorical hat to you, David, um, where can people go online to find more about you? Well, just uh, they, you can reach me on Twitter at DCSlack. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, happy to connect and you know, further the conversation there, or just uh, DCSlack at rklesolutions.com. Fantastic. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, be sure to like and share, help grow the channel so we can get amazing guests like David on. David, thank you so much for being on the Tech Talk for Accountants show. You have a great day. My privilege. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I hope you enjoyed today's guest. And remember, you can go to techforaccountants.net slash podcast to book a complimentary IT audit conducted by a technician certified by the AICPA in cybersecurity. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast.